Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode. This is episode 30 mm. of Heroes and Thieves, mm -hmm. where we take three words every week, three random words, and build a fantasy or sci-fi or both world using oh. those three words. <laughs> Excuse me. My co-host is having problems. <laughs> My name... <laughs> My name is Greg, and this bowl of dog water with me. <laughs> My name is Michael. Technical difficulties are happening, but we're going to make it through together. Can't even start a podcast without issues. Okay. This is the first, like, real issue I've had. My microphone just fell down uh, as I was trying to move it. That's fine. Anyway, hello, everybody. Welcome. So, uh, what news have you got before we start? Big news. Big news in the world of news mm -hmm. this week. Go ahead. Um, my children are going back to school. <laughs> so that's big news. That's huge. It's huge. It's the biggest news, actually, for me, because that means all my mornings are now peaceful. Um, every single one. Yeah. So that's good. That's very good news from... Nine in the morning to three thirty in the afternoon. Is that really that's how long school is? Goes from nine to three thirty? Well, nine to like three, but they walk and ride the bus home. So you know Man. get a little extra time there. Nowadays that feels like nothing at all. Nine to three goes by so fast. But when I was in school, I felt like forever. I know it feels like a long time, but now I wish my work days were all nine to three. That'd be great. right. That'd be the yeah. best. Yeah, and just hang out with your friends and not really pay attention to anybody else trying to tell you something. Yeah, That'd be great. I would love it. Get a quick and easy history lesson about the pyramids or some such, and yeah. who cares? Yeah, and then in ten to fifteen years, everyone questions everything you were taught anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, what you learn. Exactly. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Everyone says the textbooks were wrong, so... Yeah, apparently you could retcon history, and it's it's totally fine. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what they're teaching now. Just whatever, I guess. After, I've seen... Because I've also seen so many complaints about, uh, like, the content of these history books, specifically history books. I'd like to get yeah. my hands on one right now and just, just flip through it. I'd like to see, like, is it really yeah. that bad? Are the pictures really that bad? You would like to pour over the data yourself. <laughs> to pour over the data. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I When I was in school, I don't remember anything being like terrible. But then again, like I think most of the students don't even remember or don't even pay attention. Uh, unless you're going in to be a history major or something. But you don't care about that in high school. Yeah, you don't care. You You still haven't chosen. You could be into... A point in time, but I don't think you're into all of history, but yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's interesting. I don't know. I, I saw an image recently. You might've seen it going around. I think it was a meme or, or something, but it was a image from a history textbook and it showed basically like a white guy, a white adult male dressed up in the whole Pharaoh garb. And they were like, okay. this is what the Egyptians looked like. <laughs> and it just like, <laughs> look like you or me with the headdress and the Pharaoh garb. And, uh, you know, the captions That's are always good. like, yes, history, totally accurate. This is exactly what they look like. <laughs> but like, even then, like, even if that was in my history books, 
I never once stopped and thought all of Egyptians must be white. Like I never thought that, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I even cared. At yeah, the time. I probably I'm, didn't even care. Egyptians, are, who cares what color their skin were? Well, obviously a lot of people do. I shouldn't say who cares. <laughs> people, <laughs> well, people, get pretty, people get pretty heated. Back but, then, <laughs> you thought to yourself, who cares? Yeah, I didn't even notice it. Like, I didn't notice it's a white guy. I just noticed that's a pharaoh, dude. But I guess, I don't know. Yeah. My case for and against what I'm saying, but. I was too busy, you know, drawing mustaches or something. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, there's more important things in high school than seeing the color. Like, the kids aren't looking at that. And they only are noticing and telling and and realizing it once you point it out. But even then, who cares? Uh, yeah. We all. Yeah. I mean, correct it, right? If that's all right, fix it. By all means, fix it. But right, like it I should, don't think that matters too much. It should very much be corrected because it is, you know, wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> if is. someone comes to me today and if I, if I, if somebody walked up to me and was like, did you know, listen, did you know? That all Egyptians were not white. <laughs> I I wouldn't be like, no way. You blew my entire world. <laughs> I would be like, okay, I mean, logically that makes sense, right? Because <laughs> just how it is. Yeah. How the world works, you know, how people, you know, different races live there. Uh-huh. Um, okay, I would accept it as a fact. I wouldn't like lose my mind and be like, no way. I was lied to. And changed everything I thought was true. Yeah. Like my entire reality has been shattered. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't know. Kids out there, if you're really interested in history, um, don't read school textbooks. Go read like actual books about like specific points in time in history from from real authors, not yeah, like the people who study it, people who are masters of ancient Egypt. That's who you want to talk to. Yeah, because they're out there and they write books that are. Yeah, I will. I dare say some of those books they write are you know just as good as reading like a a page turner book of you know fiction or fantasy. Like some of the styles yeah. that they write with are really good. So yeah, I wish I liked history more than I do. I just yeah. don't. <laughs> just because it's cool to know. It's cool to know a lot of history in my mind. It is. That's a cool, that's a cool thing to know. I think if you read enough of the historical books, you'll find out that the saying that truth is stranger than fiction, that really is true. Because some right. weird stuff and some really cool stuff has gone down in history that you wouldn't even think of for your wildest like fantasy story. You know, so yeah. it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm all for it. All right. It. Well, that's the big news. Big news section. Bow, bow, bow. Big news is over. Yep. Big <laughs> Did news. you have any big news? I didn't even ask. Um, no, I <laughs> I don't. My life is Great. not super exciting outside of work and podcasting. Yeah, just two ply, bud. I'm just a two ply kind of guy. <laughs> so. All right. Uh, well, with that, we're going to go ahead and get into it. Let's do it. Hit me with them words. Hit me with my best shot. Uh, First Mm -hmm. of all, hold on. Wait a minute. I wanted wanted to bring this up before we went into the words this week. Okay, yes, I'm listening. We we built the Pale City out in our world. We built the five, no, four main 
regions slash factions slash cities in the mm-hmm. world. Yep. Kind of just at a very high level. And then we really built the Pale City out. We have a little bit of Maragora and we have a little bit of Umbra built out. Well, kind of more than the others. But we didn't do it the same way as we did the Pale City. We kind of just did it kind of more of a passerby glance at the Umbra City and kind of added things in here and there. Yes. So I don't know if it's a good time now or if we should even try or if we should do this. I kind of want to move on to this, the last city we have, the Kingdom of Steelglaive. Okay. I'm good with that. Okay. Because I just, <laughs> I feel like that's going to be a lot of fun talking about that city. Because Umbra, Pale City has a lot of good, cool dynamics in it that there's like evil and there's good. It's grimy. It's dark. It's great. Yeah. Marigora has a lot of weird stuff going on too. But Umbra, I feel like it could, but it's harder to put that in the city where it's all mostly good people there. It's the good faction of the world is what I've kind of felt like we were building. Umbra has this benevolent faction of people. It's kind of harder to make good guys interesting. I think that goes for most storytelling. Because when a lot of authors are writing, the bad guys come, you know, left and right. It's easy to write a bad guy because they can be anything. They can be as crazy as you want. They can be as wild as, you know, ruthless as you want to write them. And that's easier to do than trying to rein it in for a good guy. Like he has faults, but not too many. He's still a good guy. People like him. You know, it's it's hard to do. Um, Mm -hmm. But I would like to hear... Some thoughts on that topic, actually, now that I brought it up. What do you think? How do you think the difference is? What do you think the difference is between writing a good character and a bad character? Well, I think right off the bat, I agree with you that if you're a a novice writer and you've got ideas, it's much easier to write a bad guy because it's so um, it's so out there and usually not related like to us which actually I think makes it easier to poke at and to look at because we see it from outside the box. It's so right. easy to, to talk. We talk about this quite a bit, but it's so easy to to look at Hitler and talk about Hitler and make a Do character we like Hitler. Hitler. Quite a bit? We too, I think we, we did before <laughs> okay. we, we kind of stopped, but now we're bringing him back. But because he is such a typical evil, right? Like it's evil so villain. Yeah. It's so easy to, to look at that and be like, that's a villain. Um, and especially more recently with good characters, recently being the last, you know, couple centuries, we've really gotten into the whole anti-hero thing or like the Batman. Yeah. Or like, yeah, exactly. Like this is the good character. This is the hero, but there's flaws because before in in writing, there wasn't so much of that. It was really yeah. just good versus evil. But ever since we've, you know, had our second renaissance or something, we've we've come to the point where we realize that mankind is flawed and right. And there's, and like a Superman character is really hard to relate to, which is why they're trying so hard to give him these flaws. You're like, Oh, he could be evil. Like this is what would happen if he was when originally he was just written as this standard of good and just a good guy. Yeah. Good old powerful. Good old Clark. Yeah, exactly. But 
that quickly dried out because it's like, ah, cool, but also. And I think that's why I don't like him at all. And I do like Batman a lot because he is very flawed. And most people, <laughs> I think, agree with you. If you say, yeah. who's your favorite Batman or Superman? A lot of people, well, the movies tell the tale too. A lot of people love the Dark Knight movies. Right. Superman. It's hard to make a good Superman movie because you can't make it the same dark gritty as they do the Batman movies because he's not the same character. <laughs> exactly. And I feel like they kind of had, now that we're talking about it, I'm thinking about the Spider-Man movies. I uh-huh. feel like they also fall into the same category where Spider-Man is a good care, a good person. Yes. One of those like looking out for everybody, always wants to save everybody, does not care about himself, kind of just wants to save the world. Uh huh. And that makes it harder to be a fan of. Right. Spider-Man is cooler than Superman, just at a base level. Yeah. Yeah. Spider-Man is, is a fan favorite. Yeah. yeah. Because he has, because he has flaws and he's vulnerable just like Batman yeah. is, but they find ways to overcome that vulnerability. And that's, that's what people on a deep down level relate to is like, how do, because in the end we all, we love seeing the underdog because we all consider ourselves underdogs. We all yeah. love seeing the underdog succeed. And so when we see that, we like that story because yeah. that gives us hope. Whereas yeah, Superman, it's like you were already on top of the world and then you succeeded. It's like, I don't know. It's like, a, yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> there was Elon, really no way you could have lost. There's no way you could have lost. <laughs> it's like if Elon Musk, you know, his one of his yachts got hit and, and sank. And then he just buys another one. You know, it's like, I can't relate to this yeah. at all. Like, there's no underdog story yeah. here. We already know the ending. We know what's going to happen. Yeah. You're just going to get another one. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, and I may have contradicted myself a little bit, but I do think that it is much easier to write bad guys. But right. recently we've been, we've been kind of muddling up the good guy story in a good way. We've been muddying yeah. it up a little bit. Um, a lot of good guys are messed up. <laughs> yeah. Because an interesting like the Punisher, good right? character. The Punisher. Yeah. Is good, quote unquote, good guy, but he's messed up. He is the definition of an anti-hero. Like exactly. He is the anti-hero. And, and we, we like, we love that. And like the, the ratings yeah. for TV shows and comics and all that stuff show that an interesting character, an interesting good character has to have, a flaws or a dark side, um, something they need to overcome or else it's just this, this blank slate that nobody can relate to and nobody's interested in because there's no yeah. struggle there that you can relate to. So yeah, exactly. It's not normal. <laughs> it's not, yeah. It's not life. And so I think that, that makes a lot of sense. And, <clears throat> um, it's also in a lot of books, I'm finding myself really liking the characters who are, who start bad and have this redemption arc to them. Uh, mm-hmm. And especially ones that you didn't see coming. Those, those are great. I love, I love those characters. And I feel like that's, that's harder to do, turn a bad guy good and do it well. And not like, Oh, well he's good now. Yeah. Oh, he suddenly for some reason had a change of heart. And now he's helping people. Like mm-hmm. if you have a good motive there of why he actually changed and he's still getting like fulfilling his desires because people don't change like that. But if right. he's still getting something from the switch, uh, then I, I really enjoy characters like that. Like in the maze runner, I don't know if it's a spoiler, but it's really old. Um, yeah, not at this point. 
Spoiler yeah, alert. One of the one of the kids is a total bad guy in the first first movie and or book. I don't know how the books work out to the movies, but he's totally bad. Bad character, bad guy, antagonist of the movie. Yep. And then in the second film and or book, he comes back, but he's good. And it's like this total flip. And I was like, no way. He's a good, I love this character now. He's great now. <laughs> so it was, yeah. I like that when they do stuff like that, but when yeah. they do it well. Yeah. You always like to see a redemption, but it has to be done well because there's so many stories. It happens a lot in film where at the very last second, the bad guy will, you know, his dying breath will do something to buy the hero time. So the hero can beat the real bad guy, you know, like it happens so much and you're like, why at the last second you decide to change your mind? Like, yeah, it's, yeah, that's, those are weak. (laughs) Yeah. It's not as fulfilling. Um, yeah. And so I think that, yeah, it's, it's super hard to write a good character, but when you do it right, um, it's very memorable and, and it's worth the effort and the time to, to really plot that out for you writers. So yeah. And also if you need some inspiration about like good, good characters that are super flawed, um, have a watch of the series on Netflix called arcane. And, uh, there's everybody in there is flawed. It's the, it's the animated series for the league of legends universe. Um, and like all the characters in there, you kind of never know what way they're going to (laughs) go. Like real bad or good. There's, there's, it's everybody lives in a gray area, but I love it because all the characters, whether they're on the good side or the bad side, have these redeeming qualities. And I feel like they did such a good job on the writing of that show. Yeah. I mean, take a watch. The last thing I'll say is really just when you're writing a book, just think about like real life, you know, it not in real life. There's not good good like heroes and and bad people like there are people who are, who you consider antagonistic to you but if you really take a step outside yourself stop being so selfish for a second and think <laughs> what are their motivations in their story they're the main character right they aren't the right. antagonist they're trying to just reach their goals and sometimes their goals don't align with yours so you guys there's some friction and that in a lot of ways is how you write a story. You just write these two people trying to get to their motivations, their ends and write how that plays out. Now, yes, in like fantasy, some people do want to destroy the world. That's their end goal, which is very extreme, but fantasy, that's the point of it is to kind of be this, this uh, caricature of real life. So you do things like that, but yeah, the big bad evil. Yeah. Just think about other people live in other people's heads for a minute. Somebody you really like, hate, live inside their head and see what they yeah. end up. I feel like if we have one like continuing theme of just advice, if this were an advice podcast, it would be just take a step out of yourself for a minute. <laughs> I think that's yeah. the overarching theme of our advice for people is look at the world through a lens that isn't as narrow as your own. Yeah. And maybe you'll see things. <laughs> Or maybe you'll just understand, you know, why people do what they do. Uh, Yeah. And it's not easy. It's not easy to do, but it's, it's, it's important, which is why we say it so often. It's important. Do it. I'm not a psychologist, but 
I should be. Most problems, <laughs> I, I should be qualified. So you get paid for this. Where can I get an online like Coursera yeah. Yeah, documentation? Yeah, on Masterclass. Can I, can I get a certificate? YouTube University. I'm a psychologist now. Yeah, I mean, I could mm. be like a TikTok psychologist and people would love it, you know? I mean, they believe it. Really just say whatever you want. There's so many people on there. Say whatever you want. It's yeah, like, just oh, yeah. Put, on a, put on a pair of glasses, get a button-up shirt and record a video <laughs> saying like, did you know? And then- People will believe you. He said it. So he said it as if it were a fact. So it is a fact. It must be a fact. <laughs> this guy can't be wrong. This guy's got the voice of authority. He's got a suit on. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's how bad things happen. Okay. Um, now that that's all out of the way, let's begin. <laughs> 20 minutes in. Let's start. Okay. Let's start the podcast. <laughs> so the first word is... Train. Train. Like, I'm going to run a train on those chicken fingers. (laughs) That is the first word. (laughs) Ooh, that's really good. That's a good way to... (laughs) Hmm. I do love chicken fingers. Hmm. I, I like them. But I also like trains, like real trains. Uh, um i'm not so a train guy you know i wouldn't say i know the name of a single train right. but i do appreciate a good looking train <laughs> i appreciate travel by train i think that is it's uh speaking of soul searching it's a good place to do it when you're on a train because you got time and you're looking out the window you got your emo music playing from your high school days you know you're really it's maybe raining outside you're really feeling raining you're feeling the effects of like, oh, I'm the main character of this, this teenage my coming movie. of age movie, you know? <laughs> and that's when you can have some deep thoughts about how great you are yeah. on a train in public transit. Um, but if we're going to talk about Steel Glaive and mm-hmm. trains, mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's too far out of the realm of possibility to give them trains. Just well, maybe Inner not trains. trains. Yeah, yeah, like um, like a subway, a tram. Yeah, kind kind of like a tram or a subway. I'd rather do a tram. A tram, but with not so trammy, more trainy, more trainy than than trammy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, whatever that's called. <laughs> I don't know. It's really effective, uh, public transportation that can get you. Within five minutes of anywhere you need to be in the city. Yeah. Okay. Done. Next. <laughs> Done. We have trains now inside of Steel Glaive. That's all we have actually is trains. Yeah. We also have a port. I don't remember about the port city. The yeah, fake we talked city. To, talked about the port, how it's a, a facade. Um, yeah. What else in, in uh, Steel Glaive have we talked about? It's, it's very much- very much a um iron fisted rule steel fisted yeah. rule and steel fisted um they've got on the map i i put that they have many obviously their territory is the biggest because they do right. a lot of expansion a lot of to the most warlike conquesting yeah and so they have control over an island to the the north of them, they are slowly creeping into the continent to the 
other north. <laughs> and to both north directions. The two northern directions. <laughs> one is northwest, one is northeast. That's the words I was looking for. Uh, yes. And they have a spotty relationship with um, Mulan's town. Don't forget about our Mulan. What did, we, um, did we name that yet? Well, get this. This is great. I love this so much. You might not love okay. it as much. You, you'll okay. think it's corny. But I went ahead and named the town uh, Xing Tian. Xing Tian. After. after <laughs> oh, please, go ahead. Do you know why? No, I was, I was leading you on because. <laughs> because of a famous god in Chinese lore, also a god in Smite, but that's totally, totally coincidental. Total coincidence. <laughs> but in Chinese mythology, because we take from mythology quite a bit around here, but in Chinese mythology, there was a, I think he's more of a demon than a god, but he basically refused to lose. And he refused so much to lose that he even got his head cut off and he still wouldn't die and still refused to lose. And somehow out of his anger and um, absolute determination, his Giga Chad determination, Giga he, grew Chad. A, he grew a head basically or a face on his chest in his body. Yeah. Even after he lost <laughs> his head, he was so angry and so chatted out that he grew he's a face in his chest <laughs> and he's With still a mustache and beard, by the way. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and he's still, chest. and he's still chasing his quarry, his enemy to this day, because he is so, um, I don't know, just, he just, he just cannot be diverted. And that's kind of what I thought this town is because they are rebelling against the biggest foe in the small town, but they refuse to give up. So even if you cut the head off this thing, they're still going to come at you in terms of trying to be free. So I named it that after, you know, the spirit of rebelliousness and freedom and determination. So Um, that's the name I gave it. That's cool. I just Wikipedia Xing Tian. um, And under the, the name of it, where it says the Chinese characters for it. And then it says pinyin. And I guess oh, yeah. that's another language or something. And then it says the English is punishing heaven, Ooh. which is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. cool. Two words put together. <laughs> so, <it's kinda laughs> pretty cool. Two words put together. <laughs> yeah. Very fantasy. It's very fantasy. And I like it. Oh yeah. Who fights against the Supreme divinity. Yeah. Which is. Yeah. In a way, Which what, is what this town is doing. Yeah. Steelgrave is yeah. this unbeatable power, but he's still fighting. Still fighting. So, okay. Th- th- does the train run to that city? Is that where we were establishing? Um, no, we were just talking about the things that we know about Steelgrave. But I don't, okay. I think, I think that back to the train, I think the train stays within the city walls because Steelgrave knows that it's such a advancement. And they know what it would do to the world like it did in America if trains were made um, public. And so they, okay. keep, they keep that technology real tight, real close to okay. the chest, only within cool. the city. Very cool. So they're the only ones with train tech. Yeah. Yeah, I think right. so. And they, yeah. And like I said, they do keep it real tight to where... You don't even like nobody can even guess. Like, does this thing run on steam, wind? I don't know. Love? What does it run so, off of? Nobody knows. It runs on 
Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I want to do another th- overview here of Steel Glaive because I want to make sure we really remember how this town works. It's walled on all sides, huge walls, so you can't see in to the city. Ever. The main city, yes. The main city. The port city, you'll see it. It looks like the best Marriott hotels, Hilton hotels on the mm-hmm. pier. And they, they put on this huge facade for you that make you seem like you have the greatest town ever, but they don't let you inside the inner wall of the city that the, the big city is, uh, contained within. Right. Um, and it's a, it's a warring nation kind of like in avatar that they would be the fire nation. I think we've drawn that parallel before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that to get, to start the imagery rolling for people. <laughs> kind of like that feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of big mechanical tanks and ships and all sorts of just big bulky units coming out of Steel Glaive. Mm-hmm. Um, also, they're very like leader, not communist, but almost there, I guess, because they're it's really from the top down. There's vast disparity between the top and the bottom. Yeah. Um, they're not, then they don't want it to be equal. They want to keep everybody down and the leadership be at the top. Yep. Um, but whether that's a council or one person, I don't know yet. It's right. a group of people who knows, or it's a whole class of people who are the rulers and we don't know. Um, and it's a place where we also have the hunters come out of steel glaive. They're some of the only people who are let out of the city if you're yep. not military. Yep. So. The hunters, just to refresh everybody's memory, are they hunt people who have escaped Steelglaive. And everyone in Steelglaive has a magical barcode on their neck that kind of identifies their serial number and the current ruling class. We said it was the current ruling class like symbol and then your number. So everybody has a number and a symbol on them to dictate like you are you are to this guy. And that's your number. And so the hunters go out and they, they track these people down and bring them back or just kill them if they can't bring them back. So there's so the hunters do. Yep. And not many people have escaped steel glaive and are still escaped from steel glaive. Right. They get found because uh, the hunters are very, very good at what they do. Um, I kind of want to also, you've seen the movie Inglorious Bastards. Yes. Like, what's that guy's Hans is his name? What's that guy, the actor's name who plays the lead? Uh, he hunts down the Jewish people. Oh, he's also in. Wait. Yeah. He's also in Django Unchained. Yeah. That guy, the um, main, yeah, the white guy in Django Unchained, the Austrian yeah. guy. Yeah. I don't remember his um, name, but I know who you're talking about. Wonderful actor, but him. So like that kind of person would be these hunters. So like ruthless, but very intelligent, very smart with some sort of magical, you know, prowess to them. Uh, like Or, and, or other prowess. Like they're just really good at some Christoph Waltz is his name, by the way. Christoph Waltz. Yeah. Great, great actor. Uh, yes. He does that role very good. And yeah, I watched, uh, there's a, <laughs> there's a YouTube uh, channel again, sidetracking for the fans, but there's a YouTube channel called, analyzing evil i don't know if you've seen it Mm -mm. but it's a guy who does these visual 
like essays about evil, evil characters from movies. And he analyzes like what makes these people evil? What is it about these people that just doesn't sit well or what are they doing? And he analyzes, you know, tons of uh, villains in a bunch of movies, but he does this guy and it's awesome. <laughs> so you should, yeah. we should all watch that at some point uh, and talk about it together. <laughs> okay. Point, because it's great. It's great. He breaks down the character of how even like his, his body language, everything about why this guy, this Nazi who is hunting down the Jewish people to be executed is evil. And it's great. So that, that's what I want to think that our hunters are kind of like they're they're that level of just do what you're told all the time and no matter what it is and find these people and kill them by <laughs> any means necessary too. like, yeah, they, they on, nothing yeah. is too low. And like, but on the outset, this character, the way the actor plays him, he's so charismatic and he's so likable if you are on his side, right? He's so nice, such a nice person. Yeah. And like, almost jovial kind of a guy yeah but once he's found his target it's like immediate his whole disposition changes and you can see it and it's crazy how he does it but it's great yeah um it's wonderful (laughs) so that's these guys um what else is there inside of the city did i miss anything anything we've kind of talked about before uh, we probably have talked about quite a bit, but a lot of it, we covered the biggest points, I think, that we've really fleshed out. Um, yeah. We haven't really fleshed out. So that's just inside the walls of the city. The nation itself, um, we haven't really talked much about anything out like outside of that. The nation itself, they are, you said it, they're a warmongering, basically. Um, I think that we've touched on their role in what their goal, their end goal is for the world. And I think that we, we've said that they're kind of, their goal is that we could unite the, the, the world by force. Right. Yes. And that's their end goal is the world needs to be united because of some sort of incoming catastrophe that maybe that they're, I think it had to do with the visions that everybody receives. Uh, in different yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds but familiar. Their way of solving the problem, because this would be as opposed to the priestess and Umbra and the pale the pallid king and um the uh sons of Phoenix, Sons of Fire, the Sons, sons of, fire. of Fire. Um in an opposition to their faction goals, Steelglaive just says, The world needs to be united. We're gonna unite you. And by the world, I mean the world they know right now which is, you know, all of Paragon and the surrounding nations yeah. because there's some yeah. outer threat that Steelglaive... Yeah, we talked about Steelglaive having... There's an outer threat that Steelglaive knows about. Somehow. How did they figure it out? Did they have remember. a phoenix born in their high ups and he had a vision? I think could have been the way they did it. Yeah, that would be... That would make sense. Um, there's got to be a phoenix born somewhere in the leadership there, but... Yeah. Um, we could retcon that or flesh it out more. Um, yeah. So we could, I thought I remember it being like a different nation altogether. Like one that's not even on the map that I built here, just around the other side of the world. There is a power that is seeking to really conquest and seal glaives like guys, we need to unite. Right. Um, yeah. And we will do it by force if we have to, or else we will all lose. Yeah. We need to come together because yeah, we, that, I think familiar. we didn't want to make steel glaive just this, this 
only enemy. Like they need to have some good purpose. Like we talked about earlier in this episode, they need to have some purpose that makes sense if you are steel glue. Right. They're not Which, just bad. They're not just <laughs> evil, you know, communists or whatever. They right. they want to save Paragon, but they want to do it in their way that they know how, which is force. And I think that's what okay. we had settled on. So we yeah, can like we can start with that as a base and move on from that. But yeah, to that end, they've got this fantastic train system. They have a great train system. <laughs> the best train system. This, the only train system. The only train system. Um, yeah. But it's not trains. Hold on. I know exactly. Uh, it's not trains. Rapid mass rapid transit. That's what we're going to call it. MRT. The MRT. Um, that's what it's called in Taiwan. I just Googled that. <laughs> they call it the MRT. It's not quite a train. It's not quite a subway. Uh, it's just an MRT. It's it's like a little mini train that goes really fast, almost anywhere you want it to go for very cheap. Well, as long so, as the rails go there. Yes. Which is like... You could get pretty much within five minutes walking of anywhere you need to go. Yeah, I guess because there's not cars in the world. Really, the only alleyways could, all, or the all the streets could just have a track on them. Yeah. yeah. It goes everywhere. Because or we, we could put it underground as well. We could like just have wheels. <laughs> it's just, just a big bus. A bus? A train bus. <laughs> it could also be an MRT, right? It's just mass... Quick transit, mass rapid transit could be a bus. You said we could put it underground like a subway system. Like you, yeah, like you said earlier, because I'm thinking more again, another influence that we've acknowledged is the um what are they called? The Empire in Final Fantasy 14. The Empire. Um they had they have an underground um subway railroad. Subway. <laughs> <laughs> underground railroad. Um, they kind of had a subway system. If you remember doing that quest line where the, the last survivors are in that sub living in that subway train. Yeah. Um, that was uh, kind of a was, cool visual. That was, that was a fun place to go through. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of subways. Why? Because Ninja Turtles live down there. Mm, they live in the sewer. Yeah. But remember when they saved April <laughs> when she was getting beat up? Pretty badly in the subway. <laughs> was that, well, that was different, but they don't live in the subway. Yeah, but I mean, it's like the they live in subway adjacent. Yeah, but you don't go into a subway. Well, I guess it depends on the subway and immediately <laughs> smell like feces. But I guess you might. Some, well, places. <laughs> some of them are nice, though. Some subways are nice. Um, But I guess they all kind of do smell like urine. Yeah, I, I think you're always going to get a little end of the day. At the end it's of the just day, a, you're always going to get some urine. <laughs> Everybody's got a little pee on their shoes. Yep. Um, usually not your own. It's what builds community. Builds a sense, character. A sense of community when we all have the same pee, but we don't know whose it is. <laughs> We've all got somebody's pee on our boots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. So, I do like the idea of the train system being above ground. And being the only like transportation that they have through their sure. city. Sure. That's to the the steeliness of it. Cause they have this train running through the town all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what else uh, it makes me think of is Half-Life 2. 
if you remember that uh, throwback. But remember the, the opening? In it? Yeah, like the opening. Well, no, the whole game, almost the whole game takes place in the city, right? But the city is they very like steely, a, very yeah. locked down. And the first place you are on is that that train-ish type of thing. Remember, you're going through the <laughs> line. No, it's been a long time since I've been after two. You can it had the great physics because you could throw that soda can at the guard or you know, and because he tells oh, you to throw it in the garbage. It was mind blowing. Yeah. yeah. Like, Whoa, and he reacts to it. <laughs> I oh no it. way. And then the whole game was just that gimmick over and over again. Yeah. And then- <laughs> you have to grab stuff and throw it. And then that's how Portal came to be, right? Just showing off this one thing that we could yeah, do. Yeah, that same gun, they repurposed it to be a portal gun and not a grabby throwy gun. Yep. Huh. But uh, that- no, I'm thinking more of like a Midgar, right? We've talked about Midgar a lot. Yeah. Yeah. On this podcast, the opening scene of that video game, which is Final Fantasy seven starts on a train as well. Wow. Yeah. A lot of good are- content on trains. Yeah. A lot um, of, uh, <laughs> a lot of good stuff. Messaging, I guess from, a train indicates a inner city. Yeah. And a grimy city. Yeah. Like an inner grimy city. Have you seen Snowpiercer? Yes. Or read the book? I've seen it. That's a cool movie. And it's on a train. Yeah. That's a really cool idea. Yeah. I liked it. Talk about know, world I, building. That does. That's pretty cool. There could be a lot. To be said yeah, on that. It's it's a twisty turny world build experience when you watch that movie, but yeah. it is cool. I liked it. Um, I think there's a, a show now for that, but yeah, I've anyway. not gotten into that, but yes. Nor have I. Okay. Um, we should we should do another word. Yeah, let's do it. We have trains, um, above ground train system that only still has the second word is drop. Ah, oh, drop. Let's see. Like in a battle royale. I, yes, I guess you drop in. Dr- drop in. You drop in with your bros. With your teammates. You get your loadouts and then you just all die because you're and then not you as good die. as you think you are. <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, there's always 12 to 18 year olds who spend six hours a day and you have 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. You will always lose. And you think, wow, that wasn't fun. Yeah. Why, why am I doing this? And you just get I'm angrier and angrier. And I can't devote the time to become good. Correct. That is the future of gaming. That is the future. You, <laughs> it's the future. of. I mean, if, if you think about it, it's the same with everything, right? You have a hobby, but you'll never be as good as the people who do it all day. Yeah. Not to say that you shouldn't, shouldn't do your hobbies. Right. But but um, I mean, it's less fun than, say, basketball if I go play with a bunch of, like, if I went to the park right now and right. played a pickup game with a bunch of high school players, obviously they would beat me because they play all day every, well, a lot of hours every day. Yeah. The, the ones who go to They're the park in shape. and play, play a lot. Yeah. But <laughs> I could still actually play. Um, I would, you know, sit back, do a lot of cherry picking, a lot of passing. You would have a good, you would have a better time. I would time still have a good time. Than playing a battle royale video game and getting smashed by 12 year olds. Exactly. In a BR, I would drop in. I would find 
a gun, and as I was reloading it, I would die. Not I fun. Why that's why that's the case. Why kids kill me in Battle Royale? Or no? Well, I know why because you're bad. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. Like in video gaming, there's such a disparity of skill. And in other, like, well, I guess it's true everywhere, but it feels different. Like the the thing you just said, the analogy you just made, if you were to go to the park and play basketball, it wouldn't feel as bad as you getting online in Fortnite and getting dominated by little kids. Yeah. Like why, why is it different? Because there's so because much more to it. You're probably better at shooting games than you are at basketball. Probably yes, probably. I'm just saying that as like I know you. I think that's probably true. That's probably true, yeah. Yeah, like you could probably, you know, take out a pro every now and then in a shooting game, but in basketball, yes, when you, you put it that way, never be able to take on a pro. Yeah, when you put it that way, I think my chances of yeah. 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 Agreed. <laughs> so why does it feel so much like so futile playing against kids on a video game well i think there's a lot more nuance to actual sports and sorry to offend all the you know esports <laughs> crowd the, is that what we're talking esports about? gamers out there <laughs> but to actual sports and this is why esports i think have a hard time catching on because actual sports there's so much nuance to everything like just though an inch makes a difference in like crossing yeah. somebody over or not, or making that layup or getting blocked. Like right. the slightest little things make the difference. Whereas in games, like in Counter-Strike, it's already so calculated because first of all, it's a video game. It's made with code, you know, like and things like that. Yeah. So there's a lot less nuance. I guess to it. that's true. Like there's so much less of the the fine muscle fibers you know like i don't know like in tennis a tennis a forehand shot in tennis there's so much to it to adjust yeah. it to do everything just the, the way you power. move your wrist everything yeah. to it there's so much to it that you don't even realize that yeah i was gonna <clears throat> it's just I was gonna bring up tennis because that's something you're actually good at yes you know a lot about the right. mechanics of tennis and i guess it's true like in gaming everybody's like everybody's equal in a sense that your characters are all the same. <laughs> you don't actually have to run. My character is running for me. Right. So it's like that evens me out. I'm already at a level playing field and I should be equal to all the players I'm playing against. But in another sense, we're not because it goes with like hand-eye coordination and reaction time. All that is right. those nuances that come with video gaming. Right. There are nuances in video gaming. Like, yeah, absolutely. But just like you said, in Counter-Strike, if I'm one-on-one-ing, I'm 1v1-ing the best pro in the world right now, um, simple, I think, you know, something like that. If it's mm -hmm. me versus simple, the best player in the world. We both spawn with a pistol and $16,000, right? So we both yeah. have the chance. And if I somehow, luckily enough, can get behind him without him knowing, I win. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's true. You you get the first shot, you could probably win a lot of those engagements. My chances of winning are so much higher. And yeah. so, but like that, that that's not gonna happen in, in in tennis. Like if you're going against 
ex-tennis player, Rafa Nadal, right? Like the chances of you returning one of his serves is so much smaller than you being able to headshot simple. It would. So- <laughs> yeah. If I were to face simple in 10 rounds, I think I could get one. If Probably I were one. to maybe one, maybe 20 rounds, I get one. But if I were to face Nadal in a match, like best of three sets, he would, I might not even score a point. Legitimately, I do not think I would score a single point, let alone a game. It would be 6-0, 6-0, 6-0. Greg didn't even score. He didn't even get out of love, you know, so. Didn't even hit the ball. (laughs) Couldn't even hit the ball. (laughs) Yeah. Returning a serve is hard enough. Like returning a pro's serve. You kidding me? I maybe will return a couple serves, but. Yeah. It's just a different level. I think. Yeah, that's 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 an interesting conversation. I would love to hear like <clears throat> sports people or like train like people who think about this kind of stuff, like mathematicians or statisticians or psychologists or whoever. Yeah. Is the people to talk to about um the the difference between e- esports and real sports. Yeah. Um obviously real sports are still way more popular. Mhm as far as viewership on TV stuff and adoption of the general public goes, mm-hmm. um, esports are getting popular, but they're nowhere near like football or, or tennis, right. right? Tennis is huge. And right. like soccer is huge, huge in the world. It's not going to no, I also, and my last thing I'll say on this is I also think, and this may sound really mean, but it's true. There is a, an aspect of when you're looking up at like your favorite athletes, you know, you look at, um, I don't know, LeBron James or any, any yeah, spectacles of human athlete. beings. And they are, yeah, they are specimens. <laughs> they are yeah. absolute units. And you're like, wow, that's something to aspire to. And also a lot of them are super handsome, like uh, Ronaldo, right? Just like this David Beckham, just like beautiful yeah. people. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. It just happens On the other to hand, be- <laughs> you look at, you know, simple or any other Counter-Strike pro and you're like, yeah, you're good at the game, vibe. but you... Are not good to look at, <laughs> yeah, and that's true. that also adds to the to the effect of like what do you like to watch and aspire to? Because it's hard to look up to and want to be like somebody who isn't that attractive. And it sounds really mean, but it's the way the world works. It's the way of the world. So that's just that's just as far as like viewership yeah. goes and attendance and all that. Yeah, um, true, true. But because I don't, I don't go right. to the gym, being like yes. <laughs> work out my arms to be like, you know, I can't think of a (laughs) Dota 2 professional, but. Right. There are (laughs) some that are like good looking uh, pros that you could tell work out and you tell they do. But the the difference is that's one in a hundred in the esports world because they're more focused on the video game, which makes sense. Yeah. They're not running all day. Focused on their craft. Yeah. It's their thing. And that tends to lead to, you know, being out of shape, certain characteristics, very yeah. skinny or overweight, whatever it is. Yep. <laughs> it's one of those things. Yeah. I'm just saying right. that plays a factor in it. So anyways, true, 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 true. Okay. What was the word? The word was drop. We were going to drop into a BR and get killed by 12 year olds. <laughs> I don't think we ever even, uh, do we want to <laughs> talk about it or do we just want to move on to the next? <laughs> do I want to talk about it? I don't know. We only have a couple minutes left. Uh, <laughs> I say just hit me with the next. You know what? Sometimes right. sometimes you don't 
come out with Sometimes, a word, but yeah, good point. That's the way the juices the flow. Third word is table. Table. Hmm. Okay, so real quick, um, I want to talk about the leadership of Steelglaive because when oh, you say yes. table, it makes me think of the Knights of the Round Table. The Round Table. Yes. Round Table so, Pizza. Haven't been in a long time. I wish they had them here. Is Round Table Pizza named after like the Knights of the Round Table? Is that where that name comes from? All of their design is based off of that. Oh. So good to cool. know. Yeah. Cool. Good for them. Good for using, you guys. Using old <laughs> mythology, you know? Yeah. Because they have the King Arthur pizza and the oh, King do you Arthur think? Supreme. Yeah. It's all, I, it's all, yeah, that style of stuff. I have no idea. Okay. Well, then, yes, it very much is. That's <laughs> the round table. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the leadership in, in Steel Glaive. So we had mentioned that it is very clearly a top down society. Yes. There's obvious authority and obvious not authority and who's in leadership and who's not. Um, but, when we talk about how many, I think how many, people? It, how many people are in charge, I think it would be something more akin to North Korea, where it's clearly like one guy. Family? Well, I mean, yeah, but it's one guy. <laughs> one guy with his family, like doing crazy stuff too. Yeah, it, it might be one guy and his, you know, his son becomes a leader and his son happens to be insane and, you know, all that stuff. And he's got a daughter, too. From who, what I hear, the sister's crazy. Yeah, you sure hope that sister doesn't <laughs> so, get in charge. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, nuclear codes and all that stuff. But yeah. um, I think the leadership style would be close to that to where it's the one guy in charge on top and there's just like a group of, you know, generals or rich leaders who would be like an oligarchy, but they do not make decisions. They just like help fund the decision maker. Okay. So it's, it's not quite an oligarchy because it is one guy in charge, but it could be an oligarchy under him, which also is kind of like Russia as we've been seeing recently, like Putin's in charge, but he had that, all those, those really rich Russians who, help to make decisions and stuff. So I, th- I think it should be something like that. What do you think? Yeah. Um, that sounds fine. It's, it's very, now that you've kind of mentioned North Korea, I didn't think about it before, but this is becoming very much like a North Korean place. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think because <laughs> they shut the people, you can't go in, they can't go out, <laughs> you know, they do everything that they're told kind of a thing. Yeah. And the rarity, I was thinking of this earlier when you were saying that, like the escapees, the refugees, I think the, the amount of times that I've seen a North Korean in my life, which is zero, as far as I know, I've never met a single one. Yeah. Don't think I have either. I I think, yeah, maybe not, but I think that's similar in this world where if you actually see a refugee from Steel Glaive, you're like, what? Really? Like you yeah, guys no, leave? You're no, no, you're not. You're not, <laughs> you're not and, from so And you've heard the myths of the urban legends, basically, of like, do they actually have those tattoos on their necks? And so if you met one, you would be super interested, but also you'd be kind of scared to talk to them because you know about the hunters. Those are also urban legends. 
So you think at any second yeah. you might get killed just by talking to this person, but you most likely never will see them. But so I want to say it's like North Korea, but not as bad as North Korea. <laughs> like life in there isn't good because well, yeah, they just, they but just, it runs they, well. Seems like they hate everyone. So I, I feel like it's really bad in North Korea, but I don't know enough about it to say, but I feel like, but I've also heard like the people don't know. No, they, they don't. don't know how bad it is. They're totally they don't know brainwashed. What it's like. They, they have no idea. And they actually look up to their leadership. Yeah. Uh, which is crazy to me. But I mean, it's not, it's not crazy because that's what happens in cults like that. Mm-hmm. And if North Korea is kind of more like a cult. Yeah. I, I don't think Steel Glaive is this way. I think the people on the bottom don't like it. Right. I yeah. So it, they it don't is like being there. It is controlled and is tightly, you know, wound up as, as North Korea, but yeah, they, they don't like it. They're suffering. They do try to escape. And there are nation, there are fringes of the nation who also get a taste of it, but they communicate with the outside world. Whereas in North Korea, nobody touches the, like nobody. It's one giant nation. Whereas this is, yeah. And like, just talking unlike, about the walled city. Unlike China, it's at least they have internet access. Right. So, you know, they can see it, still know what's happening in the world. Right. And they don't. Right, Which exactly. Crazy to me. It is pretty wild how how out of control that's gotten. Yeah, it's it's but, crazy. Like, talk about you know, I don't know, because that I think that split. <laughs> I'm not too keen on the history here, but I think that split between North and South Korea was pretty recent, like only in the last a hundred years, and really? you can already see what happens in the government styles, right? South Korea is booming. They're a world economy. Like they're great. Right. Everybody loves South Korea. Everybody loves great. South Korea. It's a great place. Yeah. And then you have North Korea just in the span of the hundred years or whatever that they've been split up. Um, I think it's a less than a hundred years actually. And you could already see what has happened and it's, it's mind bottling. Mind bottling. August think about that. 10th, 1945. Wow. That's all. That's basically within our father's lifetime, you know, plus or minus three years. But it's crazy. Just in 70 something years. To see. One go totally south in terms of their lifestyle and one be just fine and actually prosper. Crazy. And like the people don't even know. That's so no, some of those, I wonder about some of those stories when they talk about how like North Korea says they won every gold at the Olympics. Like, I wonder if that's actually true or. If, and I wonder like if how, it is true. Like, do people actually, are they all brainwashed like that? Do they think that? Or is that just what we're, we know? Because we also don't know we much. Think. We don't know what's yeah. going on in there. Like, who knows? Maybe it is terrible. Maybe they're just killing everybody that says any wrong word. Maybe there's a lot of people who are unhappy. Well, I do know that there are a lot of escape. A lot of people escape. Like there's some harrowing videos. There is one you can find on YouTube. It is very harrowing of a person who drove a car to the border and ran and escaped and was getting shot at while they were escaping. Jeez. And as soon as they crossed the border, they had to stop shooting because the South Korean guards were there. And that yeah. person was like bloodied and shot up just oh over the border. So like people know it's terrible and they escape. But you're right. I, I mean, 
childhood education, like a public school system can do terrible things if they wanted to, you know? Oh, definitely. It's, definitely it's not terrible. Thing. This sounds really bad. It's not hard to brainwash a child. No, it's not. It's really <laughs> it's not, not hard. It's not hard to indoctrinate a child. No. So and that's why it's not good to tell children lies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that's so, sad. We're more worried about, you know, our problems in America. They don't really seem that bad when you look at the big picture. You know, again, yeah. let's take a step out of ourselves for a mm-hmm. minute and see the tragedy that's happening in the world. Mm-hmm. Like that makes you sick. Yep. And if it doesn't, something wrong with you. You're you're selfish. You need to take another step back. If <laughs> that yeah. doesn't cause you to reconsider. Yeah, like it is it There's is pretty sad to think about. Focus on in the United States that in the big picture, like who cares? Let's let's fix some issues in the world. Let's yep. who cares about this? Yeah. The world needs help. And we <laughs> as the United too busy States focusing on little things that don't matter. Yeah. We have we have we have so many good things that we could offer to the world that we're not doing because we're too self-absorbed as a country. Yeah. yeah so fixing, gosh. Oh gosh, that's for a different podcast. We should, <laughs> we should talk about these issues. <laughs> Let's go back to Steel Glaive though. But anyway, Steel Glaive, very much not like North Korea, but at the same time kind of is. Uh yeah. Less of the brainwashy trying to do that, but more just the control side of it is there. They're controlling their people 100%, mm-hmm. but the brainwashing side is not there. They don't, I mean, they, I guess it would make situations easier for them, but they don't do that. No, they're just under the boot. That's the, the type of rule. Just it's always yeah. there. Yeah. The boot is on your throat at all times. Mm-hmm. But if you do good, keep your head down. Maybe you can move up because I got to get officer officers and stuff from somewhere. Yeah. So if you do a good job, you could, you could move yourself up through the steel glaive system. Right. Cool. Well, we're going to end it right there on a, on a sorrow note of North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, wonderful. We, we are at time. Um, and that's it. I, I hope that you had a fun time with us. You learned some life lessons along the way. Uh, and that you'll take a minute to step outside of yourself this week. You know, think about somebody else. Do something for somebody else. Maybe your problems aren't as bad as you think they are. Just yeah, they're probably consider, not. Yeah, consider the state that other people are in um, and how privileged we all are, no matter who you are in America. Because <laughs> it's crazy. It's actually crazy. <laughs> The world out there. Um, yeah. Just be good people. That's all. Anyway, take care. Have a good week. That's all for us. Follow the Bye-bye. podcast. Like the podcast. And we'll see you later.